BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, it was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, and welcome to The Bay, local news to keep you rooted. Uh, There was a a lot of denial about the possibility that this could be a widespread Russian invasion, that the Russians would attack their neighbors, their brethren here in Ukraine. Well, they are attacking and attacking in full force. So now, at the last minute, after the bombs have already... I feel sick. My wife cannot stop crying. My six years old cannot understand why parents are so concerned. Since we didn't sleep the whole night, it just feels very bad. Like, health-wise, you... Your, your heart is keep, keep, keeps pounding. It's it's very bad. It's, it's my native country, you know, and 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 people who still there. I, I'm thinking, I could have been in their shoes. It's 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 horrible. It's a terrible situation, and uh, I'm afraid about my friends, about my family, about my country. I would like to to remind. Uh, words of Ukrainian poet Taras Shevchenko. Boritesya poborite. Fight and you'll win. Thank you so much for your time. On Thursday afternoon, hundreds of Ukrainians and Ukrainian Americans held an anti-war protest outside of San Francisco City Hall to stand up against the Russian invasion of Ukraine. More than 100,000 Ukrainian Americans call California home and more than 20,000 live right here in the Bay Area. Among them is Ali Markovich, a Ukrainian-American reporter with Berkeley Side, who on Wednesday night watched from her Berkeley home as Russia invaded the country where she was born. I think of being Ukrainian as closely intertwined with an identity of resistance. Ali is among the thousands of people in the diaspora watching what's happening in Ukraine closely. She spoke with my colleague, Tara Seiler, about how she and other Ukrainian Americans are reacting to this moment from right here in the Bay Area. Sign up. 
Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Hi there, I'm Randa Abdel-Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. What, what's it been like to watch this invasion over the last 24 hours? Honestly, I'm at a loss for words. I don't understand how something that was so widely predicted and reported can be simultaneously so stunning. You know, as I was on the way to this interview on BART, I texted my mom and dad and I said, how are you doing? And my dad texted back that he was still in shock and kind of in denial still the fact that people were reporting this invasion coming, even though now that it's here, it's hard to believe I think that for me, it's particularly painful because I feel in touch with just how much effort has gone into developing a national identity in Ukraine, how much work and love was put into defining what Ukrainian people is, only to have that very concept be threatened by uh, Vladimir Putin and Russia. You wrote a story for Berkeley side, um, getting the reaction of the Ukrainian diaspora here in the Bay Area. And even though you left Ukraine as a young child, in your story, you described your identity as strongly rooted in Ukraine. How have you managed to maintain that identity? I was born in Odessa, which is a city in the south on the Black Sea. It's a city that is known for being the foundation for both my dad's humor and really an entire generation of Soviets, too. Like many immigrant kids, I grew up feeling different from people around me, the everyday Americans that I grew up with. Identity in Ukraine is complicated. And um, when I ask my dad, for instance, like, to what extent do you identify as Ukrainian. Being Ukrainian is really a political choice. My dad identifies as Jewish. He identifies Odessa as his homeland. My whole family grew up speaking Russian. Um, the fact that I was from Ukraine, when I was a little kid, I just told people that I was from Russia because I assumed that they had no idea what Ukraine was. And as I grew older, I came to more deeply understand why it was important to me that I was not only an immigrant, but from Ukraine specifically and Odessa specifically. I think now I think of being Ukrainian as closely intertwined with an identity of resistance. I think for a long time, Ukrainian, a Ukrainian identity has been a deliberate choice. Uh, it's 
been something that people said to distinguish themselves from the ruling class a long time ago and today in particular. Um, I think it's very political. You published a story for Berkeley Side Today, like, as I said, on the reaction of the Ukrainian diaspora here. You also spoke with one Ukrainian woman who is visiting Berkeley on a Fulbright for the year. What does she tell you about how she's holding up? I mean, she's expected to return to her country after this program ends. Yeah, I spoke with her a few days ago, and one of her worries that she shared with me was whether Ukraine will be very different when she returns and whether she'll have missed a formative moment in its history. And now it's not a question of whether Ukraine will change, but whether the country itself will continue to be there for her when she returns. I think it's just a more intimate experience to be, you know, the, the more recently you left, the more people you have who are currently hiding in bomb shelters, you know. One thing that was interesting was I spoke with a bunch of people, like some of the people that I interviewed that didn't make it into the story were from the same city that I was, Adyessa, which is like a large, has largely been a Russian-speaking city with a lot of like ethnic Russians in it um, and a lot of Jews in particular. And some of those people that I interviewed, um, like that, that Ukrainian patriotism, the like, let's speak Ukrainian, let's listen to like Ukrainian music and culture. Like some of those people have in the past found that really grating, like they really didn't like that. And so it's like some of that conversations with those people were were really different in the sense that they were like, well, we understand why some of the people, you know, some of the people in Ukraine are against Ukraine or pro-Russian or whatever, and then get, you know, getting all these text messages after the invasion being like, can I change my statement? Like, can I please have another interview? I'd like to send something else. Right now, everyone's talking about patriotism and unity, understandably, but like, there's a lot to get into. I think that the news headlines are understandably about political strategy. And I think that it's so important for people to understand that this is a country of 40 million individual people, and they are being treated as pawns in a political game, but they're not. They're human beings like you and I. Thank you so much for coming in. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. That was Ali Markovich, a Ukrainian-American reporter with Berkeley Side, speaking with my colleague, Tara Seiler. Ali interviewed members of the Ukrainian-American diaspora in Berkeley. We'll leave a link to that piece in our show notes. The voices you heard at the top of the show included Dennis Mamrak, Alex Rozovsky, and Andre, who did not provide his last name. Thanks as well to Rachel Myro, Nina Thorson, Alex Emsley, and Maria Pena for that audio that you heard from outside of San Francisco City Hall, where hundreds of Ukrainians protested on Thursday afternoon.
This episode of The Bay was produced and cut by editor Alan Montesilio, producer Maria Esquinca, and me. Our podcast senior leadership team includes Jessica Placek, Kiana Mogadam, Vinnie Tong, Ethan Tovin Lindsay, and Holly Kernan. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Talk to you all next time. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks.